Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 355 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Today we are talking all things travel, from how to plan and strategize for success, to how to mitigate potential toxins and stressors that might pop up while you're on vacation, and so much more. Yes, so this episode is coming to you at those final weeks of summer as we're starting to consider getting our kiddos back in school or getting into more consistent routines. But we know that travel happens all the time. You might have upcoming Labor Day plans. You may have holiday travel, uh, you know, and this is a really good topic to make sure that you feel empowered. You still get to indulge where it makes sense, but you also have a plan so that you enjoy how you feel during your trip. That's always kind of a theme that Becky and I come back with this concept of, again, the freedom of feeling amazing in your body. If you are going to Colorado Springs, you want to hike, you want to see the majestic nature, you want to ensure that you're getting up with the sun and falling asleep and sleeping deeply with ease, not having uh, blood sugar irregularities waking you up in the middle of the night and flashing and feeling neurological surges from too much alcohol or chocolate cake, etc. Yes. Totally. Um, and we'll cover some summer specific stuff too, because in Texas, let's be real, like it's still summer until October for pretty sure. much. We're so, at the halfway mark. Yeah. We'll talk um, sunscreen updates and um, hard seltzer, which is such a big thing right now. Yeah, no doubt. All of the things. Um, before we get into all of that, we want to talk a little bit about our keto live class that's coming up starting September six. So a really good way to just lock in, like if you've had vacations or if you have another trip coming up before the kiddos go back, really lock into a solid plan for Mm -hmm. starting that back to school, back in your body season. Yes. So as we talked about last week in a pretty updated deep dive on troubleshooting keto and why we love keto. We really feel that the human body thrives when it has the ability to use both glucose and fat as fuel. And when we are able to use ketosis as a tool, it's a great way to reduce inflammation in the body, to optimize aging, to ensure balanced hormone expression in the body, of course, supporting cardiometabolic health and helping to shed some unwanted weight or improve body composition by losing fat and gaining and maintaining muscle mass. So we find that our keto program with the various protocols that we have has a plan for each one of you listeners, regardless of where you are in your starting point. Maybe you're really looking to level up keto and you've been living a ketogenic lifestyle for over a decade. 
but you want to layer in some more functional medicine elements and learn about the HPA access and stress and adrenals and how that impacts your ketone production. Maybe you are absolutely new to nutritional ketosis, but you've been toggling in and out of trying to track your calories or see weight loss, and you're just not getting sustainable results. Anyway, we're happy to work with you and we'd love to have you join in uh, for just this is your final week to take advantage of Early Bird 50, uh, where you can use that code EARLYBIRD50 as a coupon code at AllieMillerRD.com and that'll save you $50. So instead of $299 for all 12 weeks, it's just $249. It is six live classes that are jam-packed with Becky and myself, about an hour and 15 minutes in length each, and each goes through a deep dive functional medicine topic. We go into gut health and dysbiosis and leaky gut. We talk about detox. We talk about binge eating and sugar cravings and making healthy habits stick and establishing new routines. We talk about your grocery list and meal planning, troubleshooting your macros, and so much more. Beyond the six classes, you also get access to us during a uh, the duration of the three months in our Slack, which is a social media-free platform in which we can communicate on recipes, on ingredient swap-outs, supplement questions, as well as address your direct questions on where to start if you're looking to layer in functional advanced labs or other modalities of lifestyle change yes so so much we can't wait to see you guys there um let's just have a quick word from our sponsor from this episode wild foods yes so wild foods just like us believes that real food can be medicine and they work really hard to ensure that they source the cleanest and most sustainable small-scaled farm production products to really support fixing the broken food system and also supporting these local growers for unique ingredients that can support nutrient density, antioxidant boost, and can really be a food as medicine pantry staple. So some of the favorite products of wild foods that I have is their Cocotropics. This is a nootropic blend of chaga and reishi mushroom, uh, raw wild turmeric, maca, and cacao powder. Uh, Sips like a hot cocoa, or I've been putting it in a boosted cold brew smoothie over the summer, uh, which has been really fun with some full fat coconut milk. And it's a great antioxidant blend and also a great modulator for stress and helping with concentration and focus. So this can be done as something in replacement of coffee, or added to your coffee to make a mocha uh, and or could just be added into a smoothie as a post-workout recovery. I also love their matcha. They have a really fantastic ceremonial stone grade matcha that I use in my midday beverages. They have great blends of teas. Um, I really love their elderberry blend as a nice one even to sip on cold during the summer or their Thai GT which uses um, lemongrass in there and a uh, rooibos in there and ginger really nice light and bright um, and also sips well on ice so you can go on over to wildfoods.co that's .co not com wildfoods.co use Allie Miller RD at checkout and you will get 12% off your first order all right so as we said we're still kind of in these like dog days of summer right um, and super super hot um, so we thought it would be fitting just to talk all things 
travel summer fun. Um, so you guys did Florida back in June around Stelly's mm-hmm. birthday. And then we just got back from our two week kind of East Coast pilgrimage, if you will, you know, from New York to Virginia to everywhere in between. Yeah. Um, and then we had done a beach trip like back in early May, actually. Um, so I think maybe let's reflect on some of our travel and, and um, talk about some of our hot tips in today's episode. Yeah, man, that feels like forever ago. And uh, I do think, Becky, yes, we're still at those dog days of summer and it feels like I'm being called like, okay, could we get in one reprieve? I'm hearing friends going to like Wyoming and Montana. And I just talked to a patient on Thursday that was looking at Mount Baker in Northern Washington state. And so I'm musing that next year in my summer travel, I'm, I'm definitely probably going to do Florida at some point again. We love the beaches out there, et cetera. It's just easy, but I think we're going to drive there and, um, maybe try to fit in a little bit of Colorado or something. I need need some mountains in my life. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Especially in the Texas summers that feels right. Yes. Yes. So we have done some past episodes on travel. Uh, we did episode 86 on summer travel survival and Q and A, uh, and then episode 241 on summer travel tips and updates. So a hundred plus episodes out, we have a lot of new information to share with you, but I know one of the big ones that we come back to time and time again, whether it's just a long drive to wine country or, you know, to go on a hiking trip as a family, Anytime we're in the car, we're always working that uphill battle to make sure that we're doing as much screen-free time as possible and, um, you know, looking for games, activities that work well for multiple age ranges that allow imaginative play and connection with your child. Because I think that the travel in car can be a great time to get a brain download and hear about their day if you're, you know, taking them to or from camp or school But if in a car trip, maybe mom gets the luxury, maybe quote unquote luxury (laughs) of sitting in the backseat with the kiddos and can actually, you know, really do some fun play. So let's kind of banter on what worked for you guys. And, um, and then I'll talk updates of what Stella's been playing with in the car. Yeah. I feel like I just spent two weeks in the back of a car come to think of it. Uh, Yes. It's funny even driving out here, like relatively by myself, just with Mabel today. I'm like, Oh, I haven't like been alone-ish played a podcast (laughs) listen to what I want to listen to in a while um but I feel like with this trip I I almost over prepared like I tend to do with like reading various blogs on Mm -hmm. you know age appropriate screen free activities and just travel hacks with two kids because I was very anxious about like okay we're flying with them yeah Mabel's on my lap last time we flew was when Noah was you know her age or less even like seven months or something like that um and so I had prepared kind of a bag for each of them right and with her age it's kind of like you're their entertainment so mm-hmm. and you know, did you guys fly three in a row like so she was your lap yeah lap. Yeah, yeah so you yes. had both dad and you Luckily, and Noah in the middle yes. and then yep. got to pass so we, we played past Mabel back and forth and she was pretty <laughs> entertained just by us and like the window on the plane I found these little um suction spinners that she and Noah both really enjoyed. I don't know if our fellow passengers enjoyed them so well, but uh, they were just like little, you know, plasticky like things you would stick to the window and spin them. And they had like different colorful insects. So like something visual for them to do. 
and Noah would like, like want a fidgety. to, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like a fidget toy. Um, but Noah would want to do it for sister when she started crying. So like having something like that to get yeah. them out of a crying jag. Um, I had this like Montessori puzzle thing for her to do that. Honestly, Noah played more mm-hmm. with that, but like with various, um, different like textured cords that she could cool. pull and, you know, he identified the colors for her. So we did a lot of that. Um, I think just novelty in general. So like having toys that you don't usually play with that yes. they've never seen. So we went to a local toy store like the week before and I picked up some new Melissa and Doug sticker books. Mm-hmm. He's super into those finally where he's like got the dexterity yes. of being able to mostly do it himself and more imaginative play. So we picked up like a careers one where he's doing the mm-hmm. fire station. Um, we had some wiki sticks, I think left over randomly for yeah. <laughs> you guys, yeah. but I brought those and some, um, they're like little window crawlers. I think they're called, but uh-huh. like these sticky dinosaurs that you throw at the wall or you throw at the window. And so we were playing dino ranchers and like roping them up with the wiki sticks and sticking them to the window. And that was mm-hmm. like a good, like two hours of just imagination and, and Love play. It. So Love it. Um, some good screen free time. And we had like a backup tablet mm-hmm. just in case. Um, I don't think that actually came into play on any of the car rides. Um, cause there was enough like scenery and stuff yeah. to talk about, but on the flight back, that's where it was oh, like, yeah. I'm burned out. I'm going to let you watch the movie if you want to watch mm-hmm. the movie. You know? Oh yeah. yeah, no doubt. And I think that, I think the idea of novelty is really important. And like you said, colors, textures, a lot of uh, tangible um, products, and then also things that are functional, like putting things in, pulling them out. I find, especially in that toddler range of like seeing, compartmentalizing, moving things and being able to see the shifts that you're creating. And Stella currently is just really on to a lot of workbooks. Uh, She's been writing in her diary a lot, which is like a puppy diary with a lock and key. And, um, we just started in our household actually because we kind of took a lot of time off although she asks to do homeschool all the time uh so she'll want us to do like we brought down our big whiteboard and we'll write math problems on there and uh, do spelling tests and such but we just started doing a 30 days writing challenge which is kind of fun and this could be done on the road or just at home uh, where i give her a writing assignment and i write like a one or two sentence assignment and then she has to come up with five sentences And so then we're looking at things like capital, because she still sometimes will use like a capital R in the middle of a word if it's not a proper noun or not starting a word. Uh, And so we're able to work on penmanship. We're able to work on sentence structure and grammar. And then we're able to work on things like, you know, correct letter formation, et cetera. And that's been really fun because I often find that even though she's doing a lot of these types of things, if it's not in a formal way, she's really starting to get revved back up for second grade of thinking of some of those things. And so allowing that creative writing, 30 days of writing is what we're calling it. And so it might be like today, my assignment for her, cause we were on a boat will be, you know, give me an explanation of what it felt like to be on the boat. Tell me two to three things that you saw and describe a game that you played. Um, and so then she'll have to like really think through what I'm mm-hmm. asking and answer all those questions and, you know, kind of make a fluid response, which is kind of fun. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And like 
easy enough to do with just a, a pen and paper, right? Like yes. you don't need a lot. Thank of God, we're there. <laughs> stuff. Yes. We had so much stuff packed, like so much I'm like I markers and this and something for every fifteen minutes. And oh, honestly, yeah. the more entertaining thing for Noah on the way there was the snacks. So oh, yeah, um, and and that's an area where. Normally, I don't do a lot of snacks at home, right? Like we do, you know, three square meals. And if he is actually hungry and asks for something, fine. I never mm. offer snacks anymore. Um, I always have them when we're on the road and, and if we're between meals and whatnot. But um, that is an area that I really like used novelty as well. So we went to the grocery yep. store. I let him pick, you know, of the cleaner options some gluten-free crackers that we hadn't had before. I think they were mm-hmm. like the made good crackers that are okay. like shaped like stars yep. or whatever. And I felt okay about the ingredients um, and some like little mini gluten-free cookies he hadn't tried. Uh, but that's where I would say like I allow more of the like, you know, packaged, individually packaged mm-hmm. snacky stuff. Um, and I gave him this little, well, it's his backpack, but his little backpack, he got to wear it and just be in charge of the snacks for the whole family. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, and so, you know, he was crushing like a new thing every <laughs> half hour and just thought it was so fun to be like, Dad, do you want a snack? Okay, here's your freeze-dried fruit for sister and mm-hmm. like doling them out. So that was that was kind of fun. But um, let's muse just on our favorite general kind of travel snacks. So one of my faves, and we were just munching on before we pushed record, are carnivore snacks. And uh, we were eating the grass-fed brisket. So we'll be sure to link those. Um, You know, they have such fantastic offerings. And we've talked about them as they've been podcast sponsors as well, um, about how they really eat like an airy meat pastry. So when it's hotter, uh, you get the Redmond Real Salt and meat, quality sourced meat, just two ingredients. And what I love is that they're very light. So if we are going on a day trip, we can fit a lot of protein in at a low amount of weight and also at shelf stability, not having to bring a cooler and all Brady, Stella and I enjoy them. Um, and so they have different, um, also like patty grinds. Um, we were doing the lamb sliders. That's what they're called sliders. So they have chicken sliders, lamb sliders, uh, bison sliders. Um, and because of their dehydration process, excuse me, you get more grams of protein per ounce, um, because you're removing that water weight. So pretty cool there. And then on that vein, I think of other like protein on the go options. So if doing travel, this is where, well, you might bring in like some meat sticks. Um, so we have talked about chomps meat sticks, which is, you know, grass fed beef source, pretty easy. Stella loves the original as well as the Italian. Those we tend to throw into like a lunch container too, if we didn't have leftovers and we're in a pinch to get protein up. Uh, We look to use cheese as different protein choices. So whether it's parm crisps or doing a um, couple squares of raw cheddar or, you know, doing maybe like an organic string cheese on the road, all of those work really beautifully. And then um, we also think of the other protein choice of like epic protein bars work really nice to cut those up. Uh, we like to use the perfect bars or the RX bars as more of an indulgent choice or like a breakfast replacement on the go. I feel like that works well or a dessert even, uh, but you're still getting protein in a superfood blend or using that egg white protein with the RX bars. And then, um, we go for usually something salty, crunchy. So it might be 
Jackson's Honest Sweet Potato Chips with Coconut Oil. It might be Plantain Chips. Uh, it might be doing Simple Mills Crackers of any form. We usually do the cheddar or the original. And then Stella loves dried fruit. And our farmer's market also does a really cool organic uh, freeze-dried fruit. So you were mentioning that with mm-hmm. May um, We do different versions of that. And I think it's Nada. Let me see. I have on my Got desk right here. Yeah. The um, Nada Mas um, is okay. the organic dried mango that we've been getting recently. And it's a really good texture. Um, and so this is one that we would also bring with maybe then like some macadamia nuts or truffle marcona almonds. Um, if I'm really feeling um, like I've planned accordingly, I'll also make like nut flour muffins and bring those. And we would even fly with a couple of those, like six of them. Um, sometimes I'll even pre-freeze a batch of muffins and bring those. And then um, also we look to do things like maybe I would maybe even make like an herb roasted nut blend or something like that for just a little bit more indulgent snacking. Yeah, totally. Um, Noah was really into like the seaweed snacks this time around. And again, it's like something that takes him a while to eat eat yeah just I'm just looking to buy myself five minutes right yes um and so you know one of those at a time I'd be wary of the oils that are used to making sure it's an olive oil or avocado Mm -hmm. oil um based seaweed snack um and then yeah for Mabel the freeze-dried fruit that's kind of my replacement for the the silly puffs that everyone does Mm -hmm. with their kids right I would much rather her have a single ingredient totally that I know and can pronounce and and you know those dissolve in your mouth I feel really confident with her at 10 months Mabel was chewing on carnivore snacks too over this weekend yep and so getting more of that like toothy chew I think is good too for their palate yeah oh and pork rinds too um yeah we did some of those for her and she really likes them now they're great teeth love those for all ages we had those on the boat yesterday and then I would also think about with travel I was speaking to someone that uh, was going to be somewhere for over a week um, and we were talking about traveling with like cans of skipjack tuna so you know wild planet you can get one of those I think it's a four pack that they have wrapped up or something like that and so you're getting your six ounces of this skipjack tuna and that could be very easily added to a salad at a restaurant if you weren't sure about their protein choice or instead of getting room service Um, Or if there is, you know, a small kitchen, you can easily make that into a nice uh, salad of sorts. And then I would always travel also in that vein with the grass-fed whey and pure collagen. Again, it's going to be somewhere more than five days because I like to make sure that I do get that grass-fed whey as a smoothie. And, you know, when we're thinking of being on the road, we want to usually limit to like one meal out and try to do something that we can compose ourselves with these kind of heftier snacks. Yes, totally. Like when we went to the beach earlier this year, we would do like a charcuterie thing totally. brought to the beach. And then yep. that at least gets us out of having to buy one meal out. And there weren't a lot of options for yeah meals anyway. So And if uh, doing beach, then that leans into adding in raw cut veg. So I'd sure, always have yeah, like yeah. carrots, bell yep. pepper, cucumbers, maybe a dipper of choice. So that could be guac or hummus. Um, and then that really, yes, has legs to, to go further. And then you just have to add some protein. And, and if it was that scenario where we were driving, I'd maybe even pre-grill some chicken breast. Sure. So those could be shredded into siete cheese quesadillas for a quick lunch at home. Way easier than making like boxed mac and cheese. Yeah, right. So much more nourishing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you can give them their veg on the side. We just did that last night when everyone was burned out. We were like, are we going to go get gluten-free pizzas? And I was like, no, everyone chill and swim. I'm just going to make a bunch of chicken and cheese quesadillas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's like such an easy mom hack, I think, that can be pretty nutrient-dense. And you can get the protein in there. Right. So the two to three-year-olds don't pull it out. Yep. They just eat their yep. triangles. Yep. 
Yeah. All right. Um, I think we're going to talk more about some strategy for for navigating meals out in a sec, but I wanted to cover this question that we got a while back. Um, when you're traveling on a plane, what do you do about water? On the plane and during the trip, it seems bottled water is the only option, but I don't want the plastic. Okay. So I always travel with a stainless steel water bottle, as does Stella. Uh, Brady does not always. So usually him and I will kind of share our, because it's a large 40 plus ounce water bottle. And they do take up space. Yep. <laughs> so, and they can be heavy. Uh, I have made a mistake before through airport travel, which was very annoying um, because before, I guess, all the way up until age three or four, they would allow kids' water bottles to go through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they had scanned it. And, and I was like, well, can't you just do the test? Because they used to just dip like a litmus paper. Um, and they were like, no, ma'am, you have to go to the. I was like, well, can you dump the water out? And, and of course, just TSA ego in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman, they made Stella cry when she was five because she was like, nope, you have to go back to the beginning of security. And so we were like, well, that's not going to happen. And so Stella was like, they're keeping my water bottle. So just saying out loud, travel with your... You have to chug it in that moment, right? Yeah, I don't know. They didn't give me that option. I probably would have done it. I mean, yeah, but they were just I've always aggro. Done. I don't know. Anyway, so make sure your water bottle isn't filled or you dump it before you get in security line. Uh, but then what I've found in most airports that I've seen over the last couple of years, at least, is they'll often have like a UV filtration mm-hmm. refill station. Um, and so it, it might be actually separated from their water fountain or right next to it. Um, so you're not as much of a risk of like true water fountain fill where like the lip and the mouth is there, but everyone's mouth kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I much prefer that. Um, but yes, you likely are drinking municipal filtered water right at that point. Um, you are avoiding the plastics of purchasing a plastic water bottle. Um, but the dance is again, even with traveling with your stainless steel water bottle, are you then just susceptible to tap? So that opens the conversation of then maybe is it better to purchase quality bottled water products? The best, which I have not seen at airports, but might be coming. Um, but I have seen for sure at like Sprouts and Whole Foods and, um, even, uh, HEB, you know, so standard grocery stores and natural grocery stores is the mountain Valley spring. And so these are the green glass bottles that come in, I think a one liter and a 1.5, I believe liter. And then they have smaller bottles as well. Um, so this is something that in my travel stops, uh, like for Florida, we would drive and then actually pick up sure. six yeah, of yeah. those right away. Uh, and then that way I know the water quality and avoiding the plastic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I personally, I get sketched out by the like water filters. I'm like, when's the last time they changed this in the mm-hmm. airport and just the taste. And so I usually would go bottled in plastic. Maybe I dump it into my water yeah. bottle, um, but I'd go for like Voss or Evian or Fiji or one of the brands that has, you know, superior sourcing and testing. And then yes, once I get to my destination, try to find something that's a better option. Yep. Yep. And that is a point too. I mean, I still travel with my water bottle, even if I'm going from a different bottle, because again, those glass bottles, I'm always worried about like if falling, my bag being dropped, something and a big mess. Um, especially when on the go and juggling all of the things, especially for Becky with all the kids things. (laughs) Um, and you know, again, also just the water bottle itself 
is like a security blanket and it encourages me to drink more water. And I just have different habits if looking at a a plastic water bottle just kind of behaves differently for me. Um, We'll link the episode that we did all about water where we talk about my rain barrel collection and we talk about how, you know, buying plastic water bottles generally is a waste because often it is just tap water. So do make sure if you are investing that you're using one of those brands that is at least sourced from a spring and is lower in, you know, those forever chemicals and chlorine, etc. Yep. All right. Let's do this question. Do you dine out every meal on vacation? We kind of just answered that, but how do you navigate with fasting, etc.? I feel like I'm going to go broke and gained 20 pounds on vacation. Well, the answer is I hate eating bad food. Um, like both, I hate how it makes me feel and I hate the experience. Right. It makes me feel I spent money on it. Yes. Yeah. And like just dingy and angry. I get angry at low quality food. Like nothing makes me more frustrated than a sad salad mm-hmm. with like the bagged salad with like the shredded white carrots yeah. and all the things. Yeah. So because I am fat adapted, I will choose to snack through meals and or fast through meals if I feel like there isn't quality food accessible or available. And that's one of the lovely benefits of being able to tap into nutritional ketosis. And Becky and I were just talking about this over the weekend too, about how even keeping your kiddos blood sugar primed for balance and not having those jags, those dynamic spikes and crashes, if they're doing like those teethers of just like pure carb, 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 um, is that you also can make that choice for them. And not that we would ever food restrict or hold food back from our kids, but that they can mimic our behaviors. And if they're doing something cool, they can go six hours without eating. And you don't have to like desperately avoid the hanger crash. Um, And then of course, you know, we're working with protein snacks whenever we are feeding them as a good priming agent. Um, So I always start by looking at, even before I've gotten on a plane or in a car, I start to seek the area I'm traveling to, and I even will select the area I'm traveling to based on access to quality food. Um, And I will use the terms farm to table. Uh, I will look at foods, especially if they have any ancestral approach or speak out about, you know, not using seed oils um, or quality sourcing from a local ranch. Uh, And these are the types of choices that I will lean into. And then yes, it likely will be more of a financial investment, but also this will be like a three hour experience. So the food doesn't become the second thought. Um, The food is the priority. And you know, that then becomes worth the investment because everyone's having a good time, we're engaged and um, conversation is happening and it's nourishing and enjoyable and indulgent, something that maybe you wouldn't make at home. Totally. Um, and focusing on protein and vegetable is really the best way I'll start. Um, yeah, 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 totally. There's an app that someone that I work out with turned me on to called, um, seed oil scout. That could be another option for just how to seek those restaurants. And you can, you know, type in whatever zip code you are traveling mm-hmm. to. And again, pre-select, make your reservations or kind of plan your travel mm-hmm. around that. We did that while we were driving through Virginia. There was like a little like farm restaurant. I wanted to make sure that we hit for lunchtime. Um, yeah. It was super, super cute and just kind of planned our stops around 
food. Yeah. And then, you know, so we talked about like making a staple meal as a lunch or a dinner, and you could use those interchangeably for the family and you can do them in different versions. So like if you're doing those cheese and chicken quesadillas, you might make yours with double the protein on one tortilla and fold it over and then throw in some organic spring mix and whip up a quick balsamic. Um, you might still serve part of that salad to the child, but they might get, you know, more of the tortilla component. Um, and so you can really make adjustments or modifications based on your needs. I find I lean into fish a lot when I travel and um, especially if I'm in Florida or the Pacific Northwest, those are always things that I want to eat more of. Um, and so something like a mahi-mahi, like blackened mahi-mahi, I can order as a taco and maybe say, don't bring a tortilla, just double down on the protein for me and I'll have the cabbage slaw. Um, and I find that that's something that I do with Stell's quite often as well. And as you work with your kid's palate early on, it's pretty easy. Um, there's a restaurant out here that does gluten-free chicken tenders. And I was so excited for Stella because she's only eaten like my paleo chicken tenders or she used to eat them at picnic when we lived in Austin. And we ordered them and she was like, these are too crunchy and they taste like they have gluten in them, mm. which to her just means it's like a bread-like texture. Processed. Yeah, bready. <laughs> and so then when we went back to the restaurant, she wanted steak added to her salad. And so we got her a side salad with a champagne vinaigrette and an an ad steak it was nine dollars to add skirt steak um and so it was like you know what that's something funny like she surprised me that mm -hmm. it was not like a kid's choice as a seven-year-old totally but she enjoyed it more and that to me was like a good testament of okay we're listening to our bodies and i think that's what we all need to do is not just think of maybe what's novel in the world of this restaurant or what can i have but what's going to make me feel really good during the eating experience and especially after yep Yep. And if you've done that planning ahead, you've selected maybe what you're going to eat, mm -hmm. you know, that day too. So you're kind of looking forward to it. You're watching out for kind of those big, you know, big factors of gluten exposure. I think yep. that's like one of the number ones that just makes me feel like crap when mm -hmm. I'm traveling and, and dining out. Um, so being mindful of that in selection and then also adding on, and we'll talk more supplements in a moment, but digested to Yes combat any cross-contamination, you know, of gluten-containing items, um, watching out in general for just the carb overload that finds you mm -hmm. at every restaurant, right? Yeah. Um, it's like the app is carby and then there's fries served and with fried the thing. Foods, and fried foods, I think is the yeah. other one, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so it's like, even if it's cleanish it's like oh i really like the blue cheese stuffed fried olives there or um you know and then they do their crispy potatoes or something like that and so i think trying to keep and i, I that's a thing for as a parent too mm -hmm. i think that i have a really hard stop on i allow stella to have french fries at restaurants um, but when we're on vacation, I have a really big problem with her having French fries offered to her or ordered by her father daily right. for more than five days in a row. I'm like, nope, today is a no fried day. And so we're going to ask the restaurant if they can do a different vegetable side. And it's just a very clear conversation because I just find that that's just too much, too many days in a row. Sure. You know, once yeah, or yeah. twice a week, reasonable, but not something that needs to be exposed daily. Totally. Um, and then also watching sourcing, as we just talked about. Um, I think alcohol consumption is is a big one to yep. that, especially on vacation where it's like there's no sense of time, right? You're like, not driving, maybe you're not driving, or, yeah. or you're at the beach. Um, I think really being mindful of that too, not becoming like a full day burn where it's like, yeah. okay, I intentionally don't start drinking until 
5 p.m. or whatever your your vacation yeah. clock yeah. Um, is, and maybe doing some like fun iced tea or sparkling water or something like that throughout the day, just so you feel like you have something other than water. Yep. And February, also, I would say electrolytes with beach travel or time outside in the sun is something really to consider. Um, we can link our uh, electrolyte uh, limeade video, uh, which makes like a natural limeade, um, awesome like Gatorade replacement throughout the summer. So again, this would be more at home, uh, but also you could do like relight on the road, um, especially if spending more than three hours in the sun at any given day. That's really something we want to think through. Yes, totally. That was something I brought intentionally with me as a supplement on this past trip just because I didn't know, you know, what the water quality would be. I'd at least be able to add minerals to it. Breastfeeding, being in the heat of the summer, mm-hmm. all of the things. No AC on the East Coast. That's right. a thing. Apparently still, you know, <laughs> sweating it out more than Texas. Yes, no doubt. Um, let's just take it a little bit more detailed dive and, and maybe talk about considerations in, in, in real food like ordering. So beyond kind of these concepts, um, again, you know, always starting with ideally more of a local sourced or farm to table style restaurant. Uh, you know, I'm I'm generally, I would say nine out of 10 or eight out of 10 going to do some form of a wild caught fish. And uh, there's always an option wild caught. Remember, salmon generally won't be wild caught. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if they have, for instance, if you're in the Gulf area, you know, a Gulf fish would be superior to just the word salmon. Or Atlantic Um, salmon, which is the tricky term for farm-raised salmon. Uh Yep. Totally. Um, and then, you know, looking for otherwise, if I'm, I'm the only thing I don't really do golf is going to be the dirtier fish and I don't do golf oysters. Um, I only do those really Pacific Northwest or like Prince Edward Island, Northeast area. Um, but I love choosing to start with something light and raw. So like I'm very prone towards a ceviche or maybe half a dozen oysters to split with Brady. It's going to be very low calorie, very nutrient dense. Uh, hopefully like a explosion of flavor in your mouth and something again that's indulgent without having the impact on your waistline or on your detox processes etc and so ceviche or oysters I think are like a number one suggestion my second thing I'd maybe go for would be um, if there is a quality like bisque soup um, or otherwise would be likely more of like leaning into a salad that I would share as a starter. Um, otherwise, a lot of apps otherwise are going to be in the world of like fried. There could be some nice bright veg stuff. So it could be like a, you know, tomato burrata situation or roasted okra and shishitos. Mm. I could go for something like that over a salad because sometimes salads can be boring. that like super finely shaved okra? Where Estee. Were we? Oh yeah, that yeah. was delicious. Mm-hmm. Like okra chips almost. So yes. something fun like that yep. I can get behind for sure. And it had like a blackened seasoning. It was mm-hmm. yummy. Um, so yeah, either a veg starter or, um, you know, something raw is usually a good guideline to start. And then usually if I am dining out, I am going to have some form of alcohol. I might have even a low carb cocktail and then a glass of wine um, or two choices. And so that's kind of where I cut as my indulgence. Then I'll do a meal. Right. Um, And I, I, 
that's my personal choice over a dessert split right, generally a dessert or the fries mm-hmm. or some other yep. carby side me yep, too for sure me too <laughs> i'm getting and you know we've done um episodes on our youtube about like cleaner cocktails and we made the matcha gimlet um and you know just talking about the biggest thing to navigate in the world of cocktails is going to be your mix ins but we got something coming up on seltzer so we'll pause for that yes. um so you know that would be kind of my choice and then if i'm looking at entrees I do like ordering something that is unique, but I will lean back into steak because steak tends to be easy or especially if they have grass food, grass fed Wagyu um, ground beef, I could easily do burger patty with just toppings, no bun, add extra lettuce. Uh, I have done, uh, we were talking about last episode, the lobster roll minus the roll. So just getting a lot of pulled butter, um, clarified butter, uh, soaked uh, lobster, uh, cold water lobster. That's always a fantastic indulgence. Um, or doing like pan seared fish, um, half roasted chicken or smoked chicken, something like that are all, all things that I'd go for. And then I generally will swap the starch for a non-starchy choice. So if it comes with potato or rice, swapping that out for more slaw or more roasted broccoli or broccolini, asparagus, etc. Yep. Um, yeah, we've had some super yummy meals together lately and, and I feel like I've dined out a lot for birthday meals. So just kind of navigating, like, like you said, oysters, um, the other day at Clark's, I did the radishes that come on their bread plate with dipped in the the butter they give you and the Mm -hmm. flaky sea salt and just skip the bread. Right. Um, and I'm like, can we just get double radishes actually? Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a nice bright, you know, little start to the meal. And like you said, the lobster roll with no bun and a dry glass of white wine. And it was a great time. Didn't feel like I was missing a thing. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. Um, shall we talk alcohol? Yeah, Um, let's do it. Yeah. So we've talked, you know, our, our navigation of wine, certainly on a couple of episodes uh, with dry farm wines. Um, and we've talked about, like you said, on YouTube, clean cocktails. I want to cover these like hard seltzer oh, beverages. I can't get to a birthday party without it. I know they've just become a thing. And, and I get it. There's the convenience factor of yes. like, oh, I just have to like buy something in a can. It's akin to, you know, bringing a beer somewhere easier than wine, probably to find a good option. The canned wines tend to be more expensive and especially the quality ones. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I was at a wedding recently and that was the like, you know, before the wedding started, cocktail was like the Kirkland seltzers. And I'm like, oh no, I've learned my lesson on any of these. (laughs) Um, So from Kirkland to like White Claw to High Noon, there's all of these brands out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I've made the, I don't know, misstep. I want to say I probably do it I will, I will maybe not do it ever again, but I've probably done it like twice a summer for the last couple of years that seltzers have been on trend mm-hmm. where it's like, I'll be at a birthday party for Stell's and all the moms are having one. And I'm like, uh, I had, you know, I either had my own water bottle or maybe I drank a plastic water bottle. And then I'm like, for, for, for trying to kind of, okay, maybe I can have a little bit of fun. Um, and I'll crack a can and I literally have to like filter my facial expression because (laughs) it makes this like, what in the world is that? Um, because there is so much artificial taste profile going on there. 
And I really don't like carbonation in general in my belly, uh, unless it's kombucha. And I try to keep that like half can or half, you know, bottle or something like four to six ounces really. Um, but what I find that gets me the most is the sweeteners. So, you know, some have aspartame, some have uh, monk fruit in them, the natural ones, you know, I was looking at the prickly pear, for instance, of the Topo Chico because Brady was drinking one at a party and I took a sip and I was like, Ugh! and it had sucralose in it. So it had agave syrup, natural flavors, citric acid, sodium citrate, sucralose, magnesium chloride, potassium chloride, just adding minerals to get the taste back on. Um, but you know, the second ingredient to water in all of these seltzers is alcohol, but this is like a distilled alcohol often from they'll say cane sugar or corn. But we know that corn is going to be cheaper and likely that is a GMO sourced corn, as is likely the citric acid in this and the natural flavors, etc. And so not to mention that we've talked in past episodes about topo and having high amounts of those forever chemicals in their water itself. Um, and I'm assuming that's what they're using as their carbonated water base. Um, but what I really watch is a lot of those additives. And I think that there are a lot of gut disruptors in these seltzers. Yes. Um, and so that would be my concern about dysbiosis, um, or having loose stool, um, or, you know, driving gut inflammation. Yeah. And I get the whole like convenience factor and it seems like, you know, at first glance, the healthier choice, right? Where we would normally go for just a clean spirit with sparkling water and lime or lemon or grapefruit or whatnot as our cocktail option. So it's almost like the convenience of that in the can, but it's never been worth it in my experience of like, I've tried the White Claw, had a headache for two days Mm -hmm. from one of them. Um, I recently tried High Noon, which is actually supposed to be a better than yeah. brand um, that uses real alcohol, at least. They use either vodka or tequila, yep. which is sparkling water and, and lime or real whatever. Fruit, they say, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But still had a headache from that the next mm-hmm. day. And I feel like that's my, you know, my tell of something not being super quality. Yeah. We did uh, two summers ago when we partnered with Redmond Real Salt and through a party pre KetoCon, uh, we did partner with ranch rider spirits yes. yep. and this is a canned beverage that uses real tequila um i like getting them because they this is going to sound bad and i'm sorry um but i like getting them because they make me not drink um because i will not generally finish a can because they use like an anejo or a yeah, reposado or, or something yep. that's like a i like a clear tequila but the aged tequila gives me a headache mm-hmm. and it slows me down and so i notice that they get warm and then like i can't finish them and so i feel like when brady and i are going somewhere i'm like oh bring me a couple ranch riders and that's like my excuse to not drink because if we're making a batch of Brady Miller's famous low-carb margaritas, um, I can easily have two or maybe three of those on ice, especially if it's hot, because um, I love that salty combination and the fresh lime juice and you know the clear tequila. We'll often use a little bit of El Naranja, um, which is a lower sugar than like a Grand Meunier or a Cointreau and, and a cleaner option. Um, and then even sometimes we'll pull that out and I'll just do like a splash of grapefruit I've been liking a a margarita combination that we're calling a 50-50 in our house, which is one ounce mezcal, one ounce Blanco tequila, one ounce, which is, that's the 50-50. Okay. And then um, an ounce of lime juice and then an ounce of grapefruit juice and salt. 
and it's just like clean. The mezcal gives it a distinct flavor profile and that works. And then if you want it to have more legs, you can add filtered water and shake it all on um, ice or you could add sparkling water to something like that. And otherwise, if I'm going carbonated, I'm probably going to do kombucha and then just add like a two ounce of vodka on that, put that in like a big tumbler on ice, and that also lasts a long time. And I feel like it's a little bit of like a health supporting detox retox right yeah because i don't do well with hard kombuchas either on the vein of canned beverages and and you have i have done better with those but even those i found one we were on our beach vacation i was Uh like let me just pick this up and i didn't read all the ingredients yeah because i was like i've seen people drink this before and whatnot the the june shine one seems to be okay for me but again i would only have one i'm not gonna like go for a second hard kombucha I picked something up that had like monk fruit and stevia in it right. though, and it was so rough. Flying embers I mean, or yeah, okay. I think it was I think flying it embers. That one's um, the one that's like me to me. Yep, I've tried to yep, taste. Yep, and Byron couldn't drink it either. We ended up like leaving it at the rental to see if somebody else would want it. You <laughs> Someone know, cleaning crew or something, but Goodness. yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah, clean uh, canned beverages are are I think hard to come mm-hmm. by no and doubt. probably a little bit too good to be true would well, be my assessment. Yeah. And I mean, again, even the sparkling water, Brady's been on, Brady loves sparkling water. Um, and same, like I very rarely will end a can, but I do like the Rambler brand, mm-hmm. which is like the, um, I think it's, is it rainwater or it's a spring? Um, it's limestone spring, filtered it's spring. limestone yes. filtered. Yeah. Way better than the Waterloo, which the Waterloo mm-hmm. to me takes, tastes like a Jolly Rancher yeah. from yeah, yeah, like really fake. Okay, yes. So again, kind of, again, getting as close as close to just natural, clean. And on that vein, we'll also link uh, Dry Farm Wines uh, because this is where you can source. Of course, we know that wine bottles don't have labels with ingredients on them. Um, so if you're looking for a nice, crisp, dry white, or they have even a bubbles program where you can get dry farmed bubbles. You can now get just a Pinot Noir bundle, which that's kind of where I lean into, especially in the hotter months. Um, but dry farm wines actually lab tests for glyphosate. So we're not getting that roundup chemical in there. They're ensuring that there's no added sugar and that there aren't added sulfites, just those naturally occurring in the winemaking process. Um, and so this is a really good option to get actually microbiome support, get the antioxidant of the resveratrol without getting the harmful toxins that you'll find in all of your like California wines and majority of mass produced wines. Yes. Um, I've also been pleased that HEB has picked up like way more natural wines. If you're just um, in the store and and need something, they are being more intentional with like labeling the natural wines. And they picked up some brands that I recognize, like the um, Spanish one, Gulp, um, comes in like a big, fun, full liter bottle. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, uh, they have a really nice orange wine and a nice white wine that you can finally find like in a regular grocery store. Cool. Love that. And with uh, Dry Farm Wines, you can get a bottle added to your order for just a penny when you use Allie Miller RD. So we'll put that code yes. in there if you're looking to check out their programs. Yep. Um, as we're talking about this, um, let's talk just supplements to kind of mitigate alcohol consumption first, maybe, and then just some of the stuff we would make sure we have on hand if we are, you know, on vacation, dining out more frequently, and just exposed to more, you know, potential for gluten, for foodborne illness, for all of the things. Yeah. Yeah. So I am always popular at a party with my detox packs, (laughs) handing them out. Um, And these are really important. If you are drinking alcohol, I recommend taking a pack prior and post. So, you know, this would be maybe at like 
pre-dinner and then also that evening. And then um, this is going to help your liver metabolize alcohol and also support the metabolic process of detoxification so that you have less of those um, unfavorable side effects of consumption. Um, it does not, of course, remove the consumption, so you still need to be mindful and moderate. Um, but detox packs are really fantastic. And honestly, I take a pack every day of travel, even if I don't drink, just because we're exposed to more industrialized chemicals from the travel experience itself. And then also, you know, just knowing that we're dining out, we're getting some things that are kind of subpar. So it's a great way to keep energy up and um, feel clean within my body. And then um, I also suggest doing like a 10-day detox or a bone broth fast with detox packs on the heels of travel and maybe even as kind of sandwiched of like pre-travel, post-travel so that you start off feeling amazing and light and bright in your body, especially because summer can keep you kind of in that perma-vacation mode. (laughs) And so kind of putting into the circuit pre-travel when you know you're going to indulge more and then post-travel getting right back on track. Um, You could really split like a 10-day detox in half. Like five and five, right? On either end. And then you take the detox packs during your travel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think that works just fine. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the other things we think about with food would be consistency of the GI lining support to protect the gut tissue from any inflammatory food exposure. And then using that digest aid enzyme prior to meals, um, especially to prevent exposure or to mitigate exposure of um, gluten. It has that DPP-4 in there, which helps with gluten and dairy breakdown and then it's a comprehensive blend of digestive enzymes along with ox bile and hcl so that we are absorbing our fats and our proteins and our carbs appropriately without digestive stress Uh, And then berberine boost is one that I would travel with both in case there's foodborne illness, like from eating anything raw, like a crudo or sushi or a tartare, oysters, and then also with higher carb indulgences or um, fermented foods or like um, champagne, bubbles, things like that. Berberine boost will offset yeast and dysbiosis while combating any potential foodborne pathogen. Yes. Totally. Um, A question we get a lot actually is how do you travel with all your supplements? Can I bring all of them? Am I going to run into issues with TSA? Um, So let's hit that. I personally have never had an issue beyond them being like, why do you take so many pills, lady? Right. Um, Or them doing like the secondary, you know, residue testing or whatever on my powders, Mm -hmm. like on the GI lining and on the relax and regulate, Mm -hmm. they might pull it aside. Um, But I've otherwise never had an issue in all of my time of, you know, taking this many supplements. Um, I just do like a mixed bottle or multiple mixed bottles where I'll do like my rise supplements in one bottle, my with food maybe Mm -hmm. um, in another bottle, and then my like probiotics and nighttime in a third bottle. Um, And just, you know, based on the color and shape of of all of them i've kind of got it really memorized by now um but even on our website on each product page there's like a picture of the capsules that could also be a helpful cheat sheet guide for sure um or i'll do like little zip blocks of like the per day and then i just know which ones i take you know at what time but i've never had an issue. I don't know if you have. Me neither. No. And, um, I usually, my powders, uh, I, I travel with the containers of GI lining support and relax and regulate, but I have in the past 
switched one into a baggie and put it in that said container mm-hmm. and that works too. So for instance, if you're gone seven days, you could scoop out, you know, seven scoops of GI lining or maybe 10 for extra, you know, insurance. And then that scoop goes in a Ziploc bag, which gets rolled into your relax and regulate tub. Um, and that's one way because the tubs can take up, you know, yeah, moderate yeah, yeah. amount totally. of space. Um, but I find that that's usually the way that, that I work with my powders and I usually check those. Um, and then I will carry on the majority of my supplements, but I still will check some cause I'll usually bring about five, uh, actual bottles and same, I combine them into rise with food evening, and then I'll have like an anti-inflammatory. So that will have super turmeric and inflammazyme together. I might throw cellular antioxidants in with that. Um, but you know, there are some that look slightly alike, like for instance, multi-avail mama and calm and clear are both kind of mm-hmm. in the tan grayish, I guess, but I can see that the multi-avail mama is lighter. And then the, the methyl complete, for instance, is kind of in that, but a little bit leaning into the yellow. So if you feel like you can't for sure discern, I would just keep them in groupings that you're very crystal clear about, like your multi-defense, which is a green tablet <laughs> with, you know, the fish oil, yellow yeah. bio yeah. C plus yeah. and a clear fish oil and a super turmeric and, you know, you're good to go. Um, but I think that a lot of people, it is good idea also to instead do by day baggy because that keeps you accountable to getting it in. And a lot of people, the chaos of travel, they just have different routine and then that way they could be three, four days off of supplements or only getting one timestamp instead of four timestamps of use. And then they're susceptible to illness after travel or just feeling more burned out, not feeling as, um, you know, restored post-travel. Totally. Um, and we have linked on our Amazon, like for a shorter trip, um, the pill packs where you can yeah. do kind of day by day and some of the larger ones, cause we know like we take more supplements than the average person. Yep. Um, so there are some that will fit, you know, all of your routine in there. Yes. And then the only thing we haven't really talked about that I'd say unique to summer, we hit on electrolytes, we hit on detox packs and, you know, the different ones to focus on dining out. Um, But I would highlight women's flora as an important summer supplement tool. Uh, This is our probiotic with the Lactobacillus raminis and Rutery strains. And these two strains are those that culture the vaginal flora in a balanced state. We have found that when an individual has higher levels or optimal levels of these two strains, they have less pelvic inflammation, they have less oxidative stress to cervical cells. So if you had maybe a pap smear that was wrong in the past um, or known HPV or any concerns in that space or family history of cervical cancer, et cetera, this would be something that for sure we'd want to stay on daily orally, no matter what season. And then also consider a couple times a week of a vaginal insert. Um, We've even seen studies on it supporting fertility because regulating that pH can really help with the viability of sperm. And then even during pregnancy, we know that our women's flora can actually help to support full term labor, preventing preeclampsia and other complications that would be included with that pelvic inflammation. perspective. So this is really an important one, I would say for all ages. Um, and I would even lean into stating, um, I, I, I don't think I've talked about this recently that we've seen that you can actually see STD pr- protection and prevention when these strains are optimized. So if having intercourse with someone that has certain STDs, gonorrhea, you name it, 
that actually taking women's flora and having that robust lactobacillus, rutery, and raminus um, can actually prevent infection from the exposure. Um, and we've even seen studies uh, looking at AIDS and looking at the influence of those strains in the vaginal flora. So I think for um, whether we're as early as high schoolers or for sure college kids, that this is a good one to kind of like put in that to college survival pack uh, for any daughters. This is something that I'll be doing with Stella instead of the HPV vaccination mm-hmm. as a way to really support um, her you know, uterine health, her vaginal health, and also have that biome protection layer, if you will, of course, and speaking on abstinence and all those things. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But with swimming, let's talk on that. Why? Um, So yeah, for swimming, whether it's pool where you're getting more of the chlorine influence of sterility all up in your stuff, um, or it's lakes or rivers or oceans with unknown, you know, potential for bacterial contamination and and whatnot um i think using it as an insert especially if you're like doing back to back to back days of water stuff probably doing it every other day or even daily um on a trip like that where it's just like more water exposure more sand and salt and maybe more sex than usual or more time in a swimsuit or in like more tight clothing um i think doing that you know daily as a vaginal insert while you're there could be totally appropriate yes and people have asked before so just saying uh you just use one finger or two fingers to push it up just like you would an applicator free tampon um, and you're going to kind of then use one finger and press that all the way up to the cervix and um, it will dissolve and um, break down uh, just based on the pH of the tissue. There should not be a lot of discharge as a concern. So, you know, you may not need by any means a panty liner, but you might choose to do that the first time because that will kind of just vary based on where your flora is at. Um, and you can do this in the morning or the evening. It's it's very small. It's not like it's going to like fall out. <laughs> you have to like hold a Kegel mm-hmm. to keep it in place or anything. Um, but uh, pretty easy peasy. And that's all we mean by vaginal insert. We mean just Pressing it up there. Yep. Yep. And letting it break so small, down and do its work. I mean, you could use like coconut oil for lubrication, but it's really not needed. They no. just kind of go right up Get there. Up there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Awesome. Um, and then taking it orally too might be a good idea, especially if you are someone who's more susceptible to mm-hmm. BV, UTI, yeast infections, et cetera. Just taking it orally like throughout the whole summer season wouldn't hurt. Um, and then using those inserts kind of pulsed in as needed. Yeah, the research that was done on the strains of our women's flora in prevention of recurring UTIs is very promising. And we actually saw less bacterial resistance than those that were treated with an antibiotic. Um, And so we can actually see prevention and treatment outcomes without the side effects of antibiotics. So again, if that's you, that's something that should be in really your daily intake and probably just taken orally, orally one at bed. I'll link our episode all about um, vaginal health, UTIs, et cetera, too. I think that's a good resource as we're talking about it. Okay. Um, Let's talk chlorine exposure beyond just vaginal microflora. Um, Obviously, this is a big one, like with summer fun. It's so hot in Austin. I feel like we're looking and seeking out a pool like Mm -hmm. several times a week. Right. Um, And, you know, it is almost always... A chlorinated pool or we'll go to like the natural springs right mm-hmm. but then I worry about pathogen and whatnot yes. um, but let's talk chlorine and how to mitigate that 
Yeah. So chlorine can drive some health concerns. Uh, the biggest one that we worry about with chlorine is respiratory actually. Uh, and so especially if this is a pool that has like those chlorine pods that like float around mm-hmm. to distribute or the individual isn't testing their chlorine and they're like pouring mm-hmm. the liquid in there, um, we can definitely see asthma and breathing problems. We can see skin rashes from contact and irritation in the eyes, of course. Um, and then we can see some GI distress, anywhere from nausea to stomach cramping to irregular bowels. We can see sinus problems, dehydration, fatigue. And then we know most definitely <laughs> that it can dry out our skin and our hair. And then as any pro-oxidizing you know, toxin, we can see risk of DNA damage and cancer. In fact, we've seen with just 40 minutes of swimming that swimmers actually show an increase in markers of DNA damage that might be a risk factor for cancer. So we want to think of the least absorption as possible um, because I would, and then also there's things we can do on the level of the pool, especially if it's your own pool, which I'll share in a moment. Um, But so one thing that we want to do is we want to make sure when we get into a pool that we're not um, going into it with dry skin because then like a sponge, we're going to suck up more absorption on that transdermal through the skin layer. Um, So showering first, a lot of like, I remember when I was on swim team, we would shower actually getting into the pool, like putting on our swimsuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So if you're at like a gym or something like that where that's an option, I think that's lovely. Um, If going over to a friend's house, maybe just doing a shower and then maybe even putting on a little bit of coconut oil to create a barrier. Um, This would be a great way to also protect from that absorption. And then also if you can rinse off after the pool as soon as possible. Um, So that's something that I'm trying to play with at our house is like, okay, maybe we'll set up like a little like outdoor, we already have a hose. We haven't started hosing people off yet. But um, one of our friends has an outdoor shower and I'm like, you know what, that might be cool just even for ourselves as a ritual. And then it's just like done, you know? Um, And then it's like, you can keep playing, you can make your lunch and you don't have to like have that anxiety of not showering till evening time. Mm -hmm. You don't have to maybe wash your hair out there, but just getting a good solid rinse. Um, I do try to get Stella to go down by the chickens and (laughs) hose her off with the well water. So (laughs) that might help a little bit. Um, But the big thing we're first thinking about is, is really exposure. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, I think that another thing to consider is, uh, looking at supporting antioxidant capacity and also detoxification. So we know that vitamin C itself has been shown to really support neutralizing the effects of chlorine and actually have influence to undo the damage on a DNA level. So this is something that with Stells, us having a home pool, we've been doing a capsule of our BioC Plus. I already take two to three daily, so I feel like I'm pretty covered there orally with my use. Um, but for Stells, we're doing a capsule like four to five times a week uh, with a teaspoon of raw honey, just like we would to boost her immune system during cold and viral season. Uh, but we we're doing it actually more pulsed, more consistently because of the daily exposure in the pool. And then I'll often even add in a cellular antiox capsule. That's a great way to get that boost of N-acetylcysteine, which will really further support respiratory health, uh, bronchial health. And then there's glutathione in there 
as well, of course, as the master antioxidant. So we're getting good detox and antioxidant support with adding in that cellular antiox. Again, personally, that's something that I take two to three also of daily orally, so I don't pulse beyond three. Um, I would pulse cell antiox beyond three during a viral infection, sure. but yeah. not just with, for me, chlorine swimming exposure. I feel like that's enough to kind of equal that out or offset that impact. Yep. Um, and you can do vitamin C. I've seen um, people doing like topical vitamin C sprays uh -huh. um, as well. And I, I haven't tried it, but I wonder about even our bio C being able to be opened up and like sprayed on topically just mixed with a little bit of, of water. Mm -hmm. um, we can do topical glutathione, especially for like smaller children yep. um, and whatnot. Epsom salt baths could be a great way um, to detox yeah, um, from like chlorine as mm -hmm. well. Um, so, you know, doing like a 15 to 30 minute soak um, in Epsom salt to help with that release of toxins. Um, I will note, and I never thought about this until I had kids actually, um, that if you're on municipal city water, well, we're showering off before and after, or we're taking this bath and there's chlorine in your water. Right, right. Um, so you want to make sure that you have either a whole home filter or mm -hmm. um, a shower or a tub filter. I can link the ones that we use. We just got these like balls that um, you put over the uh, tub portion because we had shower filters, but you know, oh, duh. Totally from that. Um, Interesting. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. duh, the faucet's the faucet is faucet. <laughs> separate than the shower one. Yeah, I never thought about it before children, right? right. Um, and I like taking baths too, so I can feel a little bit better about that, removing at least some of the chlorine and fluoride and, and whatnot. Um, I'll link those on our Amazon store, but just a side note. Yeah, and then there's also a lot of uh, vitamin C serums out mm -hmm. there. Um, so I know like Beauty Counter makes one and that's more of like a, like a true serum. Um, and there's other ingredients in there, but I've seen just like a clean, clean single ingredient vitamin C serum, like in jojoba oil or something sure. like that. And so I, I call it princess oil when, when Stella and I use Ashley, um, from Grace Holistic Skin, uh, if we'll use her moisturizer oil. Um, and so something like that though, is fun. And so like after shower, then to do a little bit of that on your kiddo could be totally appropriate. And especially we've talked about also like her hydrating mists are really nice for a sunburn, mm -hmm. um, or even just the warmth of a sun. Um, so using like the calendula spray or something like that, I think is also a nice way to kind of have that cooling. Um, and then another supplement I take regularly in the form of Calm and Clear is taurine. Um, and there are good studies on the impact of the amino acid taurine to actually bind and detoxify chlorine. So if using Calm and Clear, you're getting 300 milligrams in three capsules. So I get 600 milligrams daily with my six that I take. Um, but if a child is having asthma or respiratory stress, you might want to actually just do like a quality uh, L-taurine um, as an amino acid compound. And that could be added into you know every other day regimen as well. All right. Awesome. Um, and then probiotics just due to the impact of sterility. So we talked about the women's flora, um, but I think doing the rebuild spectrum in the yeah. summer would be a great option just to get a little bit more robust, diverse flora. Mm -hmm. um, and then for kiddos doing the chewable, you know, uh, kids biotic probiotic daily. Yes. Okay. So we talked a little bit on like some topicals for maybe post sun exposure. Um, and you know, I, I do and have used just pure aloe as well in the household. Um, but I want to touch on sunscreen. Yeah. So this is something that, um, we have not, I have not put sunscreen on Stella or 
anyone in our household probably for four years minimum. Um, I used to use the sprayable uh, branch, not branch basics, the beauty counter mm-hmm. sprayable. Um, and I would have that like in a diaper bag. Um, but basically since still a past three or two and a half, um, I started just really using, well, we always used layers and mm-hmm. that's always the first line of defense. Um, hats, um, I still, like when we were on the boat yesterday, it's no option, sister. You're wearing a long sleeve swimsuit yeah. um, because we're not going to deal with burning your shoulders and having to put a t-shirt on. Um, but I find that, you know, slow and steady, consistent sun uh, exposure and building that base of that melanin um, is a really the best line of defense and also comes with its own health supporting benefits. Actually, we know that as our skin darkens, that there can actually be impact on endorphins. So part of the summer high, I think comes from that bronze uh, base that we build in our body. We can see impact on beyond vitamin D production in the sun exposure. We can see influence on melatonin. Um, so helping just like getting that ocular sun exposure and not wearing sunglasses, we can actually see through all of our skin. And what's interesting is I saw a study on when you, there's a connection between your cells and a feedback mechanism that when you're wearing sunglasses, you're more prone to get a sunburn because your eyes actually speak to your cell receptors. And when your eyes see bright light, they close your cells. So that actually protects them on a cellular mechanism. So they don't Whoa. burn as much. Isn't that crazy? Whoa. But I wear sunglasses tr- all the time. But that's so true. Like that makes sense though, actually. Um, and it was, it's an evolutionary element, you know, of, of, how our body responds to protect ourselves. So when we wear the sunglasses or we're not getting that feedback, then the skin doesn't know how to protect itself because the brain didn't get that message. Um, so that's something I would state as well as something to consider. Um, and we know that as we build up that melanin, that we also can have a hormetic effect in the body. So it is somewhat of a stressor, but also tends to be anti-inflammatory. We've seen that it can regulate uh, sirtuins. It can promote autophagy and a apoptosis. It can help to support production of ATP and govern our NAD production levels. And it promotes antioxidant defense while it aids in dopamine, serotonin, melatonin, and endorphin. So you get that mood boost, antioxidant boost, and some really cool cellular protective mechanisms going on from just darkening the pigment of your skin from sun exposure. So I'm convinced, but someone who's really fair like me, um, I do more of the the layers. And for my kids too, I think Maple is more fair skinned so far, at least. Mm-hmm. Noah does get tawny, but I still do the rash guards and mm-hmm. a hat. And then I will throw a little bit of beauty counter on him on his cheeks and nose if I see he's like getting red. Um, but mostly, you know, you don't want to have to wrangle a toddler, put yeah. sunscreen on them. So the physical barriers, I think, and just kind of low and slow, slow and steady yes. exposure, um, is really key. And then for Mabel, I don't want to put sunscreen on her. No. Um, so I just cover that girly up and do a, a little swim thing with the sunshade and keep her, you know, out of the sun. Yeah. Yeah. And again, right. Slow and steady. And so when we went to Florida earlier in June, um, you know, I mean, someone call it whatever people define a burn, sunburn or sun color glow, etc. We did peel. Um, you know, we had our first, like we were calling it our redneck Florida trip, you know, like where it's like, here we are, it's summer, let's do it. We don't need sunscreen hanging out on the beach for seven hours. Um, and so we all went through that, you know, process of reset. Um, but I do find the higher saturated fat in the diet helps. 
uh, lower refined carbs helps to prevent the burn than not wearing sunglasses. And then um, really cool other thing I saw about melanin is that it chelates heavy metals and that it can also protect against blue light. Um, so melanin, as your skin darkens, protects our cells of our epidermis or that outer, outer layer of our skin from UV light, from the sun, but it also protects us from UVC, UVB, UVA, and blue light. And so what's really cool about that is as I'm staring at my computer screen right now, I can have that peace of mind that actually on a cellular level, because what the sun has taught my body to do in that melanin tone change, that I'm more protected from even exposure on a household blue light level, which is pretty cool too, because there's that mimicry and that oxidative stress. Yeah. Nature's really smart. It's neat. It sure is. Um, and, you know, getting more of the morning sun apparently yeah. also is a thing. So um, more of the red light at sunrise and sunset actually supposedly can help pre- prevent burn as well. Yes, because I, I don't know. And I don't know a mechanism there, but... I mean, that's also what we know to be the most therapeutic mm-hmm. red light out sure. there, yeah, right? Yeah. Versus like buying these newfangled yes. red lights that everyone has now, like just see the sunset and sunrise. Yeah. So that's a challenge for all of you as we wrap up summer is to at least get a daily sunrise or sunset. Um, I've been loving watching the beautiful pink hues and mango colors that escape across our skies in the evening. Um, so spending more time outside, I think would be a really good thing. I hope that y'all got some tips from today's episode. Maybe you think about pulsing in that five and five sandwiched 10 day detox that we discussed. Uh, we'll definitely put some links and resources there. And if you need structure and want to feel the best you can in your body, we would welcome you to join us in our 12 week food is medicine, virtual ketosis class that starts September 6th. If you can't catch all of the Wednesday live classes, we get those archives up for you within 24 hours. Everyone sees amazing results and we can't wait to help you to feel amazing in your body this fall. Go on over to AllieMillerRD.com, use the code EARLYBIRD50 and save 50 bucks. So for just $249, you can rock it out for three months feeling excellent. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.